Alexa here, and welcome back to Murder in the Mountains. Lisa is our co-host this week. Hey, guys. This week's case takes place in Portland, Oregon. Nancy Crampton Brophy was born on June 16, 1950 in Wichita Falls, Texas. After she graduated from high school in 1968, Nancy went on to attend the University of Houston with a major in economics. When she was young, she married a police officer who she refused to allow to have guns in the house. That Just keep that in your back pocket, okay? The couple eventually got a divorce for reasons unknown. Nancy decided after the divorce she wanted a fresh start, so she packed up and moved to Oregon from Texas in 1991. With economics not really doing it for her, she enrolled in the Western Culinary Institute, which is now the Cordon Bleu College of Culinary Arts. It was her first day of class when she met Daniel Brophy, a cooking instructor in his first year of teaching. Daniel Brophy was born on June 27, 1954 in Valley City, North Dakota. He taught at the Western Culinary Institute for years before moving to Oregon Culinary Institute in 2006, where he became the lead instructor at the school. Daniel Brophy was very popular among the students, and he always mixed humor in with his everyday lectures. When Daniel and Nancy met, he was still married to his wife at the time. However, they divorced in 1994. Nancy loved how intelligent Daniel was and the fact that he was an excellent cook was just icing on the cake. But I don't get it. <laughs> that was good. Thank honestly. you. Thank you. In 1999, eight years after Nancy and Daniel met, they got married in a large wedding ceremony. Interestingly, though, they didn't file the necessary legal paperwork until June 14th, 2016. So they weren't legally considered married until then, even though they called each other husband and wife. Just because they didn't feel like it? I guess. Like, oh, we just never got around to it. Shucks. I don't know. Okay. While Daniel was doing his life's passion teaching culinary arts, Nancy dabbled as a self-published author of romance and mystery novels. She had published some pamphlets on the change of sexuality in the 1960s and 70s, and she had written some trade journals for HR departments, but her true love was storytelling. In 2003, she became a member of the Romance Writers of America chapter in her town, where the members would share their latest stories and give feedback to each other. So literally just like a group of people being like, here's what I wrote this week. Like a a book club. Like a book club. Yeah. With their own books. Mm -hmm. So a few of her novels were titled The Wrong Husband and The Wrong Lover. And I don't know if you watch, do you watch Lifetime movies? Sometimes. Okay. That's like my guilty pleasure. They're terrible. The acting is awful. They're so predictable. But literally all the titles are like the wrong nanny, the wrong stepmother. And it's like, okay, this is going to be a good one. Or it's like the good, the good father, not a good father. So all of her books have less than 100 reviews on Amazon. So needless to say, it wasn't really a lucrative hobby. Um, But Nancy said she wasn't in it for the money. It was just something she was drawn to do. While Daniel was making around fifty to $60,000 a year teaching, the couple also had a catering business called Chef Du Jour Catering. In 1999, the company earned $500,000, which is good even in today's money, but definitely in 1999 money. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, like many companies, the business took a hit in 2001 and had to force the Brophys to make cuts, taking their staff from 25 to 15. Eventually, they called it quits in the catering business and Nancy went on to sell life insurance and Medicare policies. Not very glamorous. What's she going to do? I know. I feel like I know a lot of people who have resorted to that. And maybe like these people, maybe not. But it was a commission-paid job that wasn't helping make ends meet. The couple started to struggle financially, and they had to dip into their retirement accounts to catch up on late mortgage payments and credit card payments. In the fall of 2017, the couple cashed out $35,000 of Daniel's retirement savings, which was about half of what was in there. Despite financial difficulties, the couple pushed on and did what they could to stay afloat. On June 2, 2018, Daniel arrived at the Oregon Culinary Institute around 7.20 a.m. to prepare for an early morning class. Another teacher arrived at 7.30 a.m. to prepare for her class, and she officially opened the doors to students at 8 a.m. It was at that time that Daniel Brophy's students found their beloved teacher on the floor with two gunshot wounds. Okay, so he, the husband, had been shot. Yes. One in the chest and one in the back. Daniel was still breathing, but just barely holding on. Unfortunately, by the time paramedics arrived, it was too late and Daniel was dead. So if you're listening to this, you're obviously a fan of true crime. And we all know the number one rule of true crime. If somebody winds up dead, start with (laughs) a spouse. So that's exactly what the police did upon finding Daniel murdered in his classroom. Detectives asked Nancy what she was doing at the time of the murder. She said she walked the dogs, showered, spent the morning at home writing. But it didn't take much investigation before police found video evidence of Nancy driving around the area of the school only seven minutes after Daniel got there and disarmed the alarm. So it showed that he disarmed the alarm at 721. She was seen close to the school at 728. When confronted with this evidence, Nancy said she had no recollection of that. Perhaps she suffered from amnesia due to the shock of finding out her husband had been murdered. Maybe I was driving around that neighborhood for inspiration for my writings. I liked that neighborhood for inspiration, she said. Okay. Is this a soap opera? Is this one of her mystery novels? (laughs) Or is this real life? Honestly, yeah. Yeah. You said he was shot in the chest and the back? Yes. If it's like a shot in the back, doesn't kill him, turns around to see who it is, and then bam. Bam. Yeah. So it took police three months of further investigation before they arrested Nancy for the murder of her husband, Daniel. It wasn't until April 2022 that her trial began. The defense claimed Nancy did not kill her husband, An unidentified homeless person did it in a robbery gone wrong. The school was in a rougher part of town, they said. Your face is like, okay. Yeah, I'm just thinking homeless person breaks into school, has a gun. Why would you go after a teacher? Yeah, nobody thinks teachers make a lot of money. No. You know, this isn't a Harvard professor we're talking about here. This is in Utah? Oregon. Oh, same. (laughs) Same. So, (laughs) no offense to anybody in Utah or Oregon. The defense claimed that despite their previous financial troubles, they were on the up and up, and the couple who had been married for 27 years 
had never been happier. The prosecution, however, claimed Nancy killed her husband in order to cash in on his $1.4 million life insurance policy and to be the sole owner of their $300,000 home. But they weren't married for that long. Yeah, I mean, legally they're married for two years <laughs> before, <laughs> before he was murdered, but they considered themselves married for longer than that. Okay. And they were paying $1,000 a month on life insurance, like while falling behind on like mortgage payments and stuff. That's ridiculous. I literally think I pay $20 a month for my life insurance. Yeah. $1,000 a month. No. Insane. So Nancy says, no, no, the three, the $35,000 they took out of Daniel's retirement was enough to settle their debts. She wanted her husband alive. But aside from the video evidence of Nancy near the crime scene, police had evidence that Nancy had purchased a Glock handgun from a gun show shortly before the murder. But, you know, she wouldn't let her police officer husband have guns in the house. Yeah. But she claimed it was for Daniel to protect himself when he went to gather mushrooms in the woods, something he was known to do even with his students for a hands-on class experience. Why does it sound like... Like Willy Wonka. Like, oh, my husband's just frolicking in the woods, gathering mushrooms. I was thinking Sleeping Beauty, where they're like, go pick some berries. And she's just singing, <laughs> talking to woodland creatures. And, that you know. too. Yeah. So prosecutors also asked Nancy about the ghost gun kit and a barrel for a Glock that she purchased off of eBay. If you're like me and have no idea what a ghost gun kit is, apparently it's a gun that you like buy shadily, have to assemble it, and it's untraceable because there's no serial numbers or other markings that make it identifiable. Like a Lego set. Yes, for a firearm. So to this, Nancy said that she did purchase those. However, she never assembled the ghost gun kit. Say that five times fast. It's a doozy. (laughs) Ghost gun kit. Yeah. And it was just a prop and research for one of her novels. But she did change the barrel of the Glock one time when she was, quote unquote, playing around with it. But she broke a couple nails doing it. I mean, it was a hassle, she said. A prop for a book. Yeah, like, like she's re- like she was re- using it for research. Okay. Okay, is correct. So the prosecution theorized that she changed out the barrel of the Glock and then tossed it somewhere to throw off forensics. And police never like recovered the missing barrel, despite police's best efforts, including tearing apart the walls of the Brophy's home and taking apart appliances. Because in one of Nancy's novels, a character had hit a murder weapon in an appliance. So they read all of her low-budget, self-published books. And they're like, maybe she did it this way. Maybe she did it this way. I mean, it's a good thought. It is a good thought. So, of course, Nancy claimed she had no idea where it was. She had last seen it on the floor of her closet. So, I mean, I don't know where it went. Couldn't tell you. Another main piece of evidence against Nancy that was presented, but it's circumstantial, yet very incriminating. We discussed how Nancy published some pamphlets and self-published novels, but what we haven't talked about was a specific blog post that she posted on a website called C. Jane Publish. The title of the blog post was called 
How to Murder Your Husband by Nancy Brophy. Oh, very convenient. Very convenient. Is she an idiot? Yeah, it's it's all hypothetical, you know what I mean? And this was written in 2011. He was murdered in 2018, you know. Um, she just planned it for seven years. Yeah. So in the blog post, Nancy mentions five motives why someone would murder someone. Number one, financial. Number two, lying and cheating. Number three, fell in love with someone else. Number four, abuser. And number five, it's your profession. A hitman? A hitman. So the blog starts out with this. As a romantic suspense writer, I spend a lot of time thinking about murder and consequently about police procedure. After all, if the murder is supposed to set me free, I certainly don't want to spend any time in jail. And let me say clearly for the record, I don't like jumpsuits and orange isn't my color. <laughs> okay. Okay. She goes on to say, I find it easier to wish people dead than to actually kill them. I don't want to worry about blood and brains splattered on my walls. And really, I'm not good at remembering lies. But the thing I know about murder is that every one of us has it in him or her when pushed far enough. Okay. So she doesn't want to be inconvenienced by killing somebody. Yeah. Like, I'll just think about it because, I mean... Who wants to clean that up? Am I right? Am I right? Is that the only thing stopping you? Is that why you maybe allegedly killed your husband not in your house? Exactly. And done and didn't have to. It was less intimate. Yeah, exactly. And she did mention about knives. She's like, oh, too close and like intimate. So much blood. Ew. Yeah. Is what it said on the blog. So. Since the prosecution claims she killed Daniel for life insurance, let's see what Nancy had to say about the financial reason to murder. So financial was the first motive she listed, and in parentheses she stated, this is big. She then goes on to say, divorce is expensive, and do you really want to split your possessions? Or if you married for money, aren't you entitled to all of it? The drawback is the police aren't stupid. They are looking at you first, so you have to be organized, ruthless, and very clever. Husbands have disappeared from cruise ships before. Why not yours? Oh, goodness. You know what this reminds me of is, did you read the book Verity by Colleen Hoover? No. Okay, never mind. Is that what it reminds you of? (laughs) If anybody out there has read Verity by Colleen Hoover and you've made it to the end of the book, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Good way to not do spoilers, but kind of. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because you need to read it. Okay. I'll add it to my list, my very short reading list, because I don't have one. (laughs) So Nancy also talks about different methods of killing. And again, since the prosecution claimed she murdered her husband with a Glock, let's see what she says about killing with a gun. Guns. Loud, messy, require some skill. If it takes 10 shots for the sucker to die, either you have terrible aim or he's on drugs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, like I said, you literally have a blog post with a motive and the weapon listed, and you find yourself on trial facing charges very similar to what you described. Yeah. What did you say? Is she an idiot? Yeah. Maybe. Like, she's slow. <laughs> 
And for like, um, it, I'm sure you didn't do the math, but she was 71 at the time. In 2018? Yeah. So she looked like a sweet little like grandmother. I will post pictures on Instagram. But literally, she kind of reminds me of Paula Deen. Like that's yeah. kind of what she looks like. I should have done the math on that because I'm literally I'm picturing like a boomer, like a baby boomer, like a 50, 50 something year old woman. Yeah. So the last piece of evidence we're going to talk about is also circumstantial, but once again, pretty incriminating. They found a bookmarked article in Daniel's phone in the iTunes account the couple shared titled 10 Ways to Cover Up a Murder. Granted, Daniel could have been the one to look that up and bookmark it, but considering he's the one that was murdered, not looking likely. Who's yeah. the author of that? <laughs> not Nancy. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, and she wrote this two days after the murder. Now, this one was not by Nancy. So you have a blog post titled How to Murder Your Husband, a bookmark bookmarked article titled 10 ways to cover up a murder not looking good for nancy no and a jury agreed on may 25th 2022 so not even that long ago nancy was found guilty of second degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison oh no she is currently serving her sentence in coffee creek correctional facility in wilsonville oregon and she's still claims her innocence so they don't have cameras inside of the classroom no well there's your first mistake this is just your classic true crime the spouse did it allegedly allegedly Allegedly. even though she was found guilty in a court of law different from last week's episode um which you haven't listened to yet so you don't know but trust me it's a good yeah. one. Any other last thoughts, comments, concerns? No, no. Uh, I think one time I said you can't ever trust the law enforcement, but also I want to add to that you can't ever trust your spouse. <laughs> and I say that because I'm not married. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, do with that information what you will. <laughs> there are good law enforcement and there are, are good spouses. But yeah. so, sometimes there's some bad apples. So That's what, that's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if everybody could let us know your thoughts, follow us on Instagram at Murder in the Mountains. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you would like to support the show. And come back next week for a new episode. See ya. Bye.